Salam, guys. I'm Mohsin. Welcome to this episode of Millionaire Muslim. Before we get into this episode, we just wanted to spend a few seconds telling you about Islamic Finance Guru, or IFG for short. Mohsin and I co-founded IFG in 2015 because we couldn't find content about personal finance and Islamic finance for Muslims like you and I. Nowadays, alhamdulillah, we reach an audience of hundreds of thousands and our goal is to keep providing great content to help you guys. So if you're looking for halal investments and Islamic mortgages or startup funding, check us out at islamicfinanceguru.com. And if you want to get in touch with us directly, you can get me on mohsin at islamicfinanceguru.com and you can get Ibrahim on ibrahim at islamicfinanceguru.com. Enjoy the episode. Looking for a different approach to money? Meet Gatehouse Bank a Sharia-compliant UK bank built for the modern world. We help home buyers to purchase or refinance their home, provide buy-to-let funding for landlords, and offer award-winning savings accounts. Wherever you're going, get there a different way. Get there with Gatehouse. To find out more, visit gatehousebank.com. Before we dive in, I'd just like to say a quick thank you to our sponsor, PensionBee. They have helped over 70,000 customers be pension confident by helping them transfer their old pensions together into one simple online plan. They also have a great Sharia compliant pension option as well, which is why we personally really like them. And you can check out a review of their offering on the Sharia side on our website. Hey guys, Salaamu Alaikum. Welcome to the Millionaire Muslim Podcast. And I am delighted to be joined by the illustrious Ibrahim Khan. It's been a while since we've done a podcast, Ibrahim. It certainly has, uh, Muxin. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. So what we've got in store for you guys today is hopefully a very interesting discussion on crypto. Now, I know that whilst we've been... uh, underground uh, busy on various different things the whole world has been set alight with crypto and what we wanted to spend this podcast doing is talking about our own views on crypto and basically why we've done a massive u-turn on it because we started off in a position didn't we Ibrahim where we didn't really get it we didn't really you know believe the hype this was back in 2017 when there was that huge bull run if you remember and yeah i want to cast your mind back to that time ibrahim and everything's going crazy back in 2017 we were getting queries left right and center people in our personal networks were asking us you know should i invest should i invest and yeah like what was your recollection of our thinking at that time yeah, I remember I was working in regulatory law, actually. I was working in Ashurst as a FinReg trainee. And I was literally coming in every day uh, into the office and telling my the guy who was in charge, I was saying, oh, you know, Bitcoin's gone up again. You should have bought yesterday. <laughs> and then it kept on going up. And every single day, I'd say the same thing. I mean, we both kind of, like, we knew that. Obviously, it's absolutely bonkers. Like, you know, you can't have... A cryptocurrency just like go up like crazy like that and it will remain at that point it will inevitably come down that's just the way it works and sure enough after about two weeks there was an almighty crash and it came down i don't know about you but what clouded my judgment i think at that time was that the kind of people that were investing were not sophisticated people and a lot of the 
the drive of the price was being driven by people who were not sophisticated. There was actually a bunch of sophisticated people involved here as well, but the vast majority were not sophisticated. And I think it was because of the majority of them not being sophisticated that led to you know, the noise around it and the conversation, the mood music around that whole crypto sector being a kind of noise and mood music that we would typically associate with things that are not like going to last very long. Thinking back, I think that's what confused at least myself. And I think, you know, I got it wrong. I think we got it wrong. Yeah, I think you're probably right there. I mean, yes, my recollection of it is that I definitely spoke to some very smart people at the time who were investing in Bitcoin. And it was weird because, yeah, as you say, my sense of it was that, you know, there wasn't much smart money there. I think in hindsight, that was too simplistic of you. I think there probably was, sure, a lot of dumb money, as they call it. But there was probably also, you know, the first like 5% of smart money was probably going in at that time as well, or probably just before, actually. And, you know, even looking back on it now... I still don't think it was reasonable to predict that Bitcoin itself would become an asset, you know, like a equivalent to like gold or something like that. It was still very much seen as a cryptocurrency. And I just didn't, I guess, understand at the time what cryptocurrency meant for the world. I didn't understand it from a tech perspective. Some of it, I think, was due to probably just like the stage we were at in life. As you get older, you just understand a lot more, I think. But yeah, I think really high level, I think that what put us off was the fact that there was a lot of noise happening and it wasn't the kind of noise that you associate with, you know, sustainable rises. And so, yeah, I think it was probably a lot longer than two weeks. But over time, it obviously Bitcoin at that time, I think it went to like 20,000 USD. And there was a lot of people getting very, very rich. But then afterwards, it all kind of came crashing down in 2018. And of course, 2018 to 2020, almost, I guess, is where the really smart money started coming in. Because what tends to happen with bubbles, I guess, is that something happens that puts it on the radar of everyone, puts it on the kind of populist radar, then it all kind of dies away. And then I think smart money tends to load up at that point. And I think that's what a lot of people were doing 2018, 2019. And then 2020, we obviously had another, you know, pretty major bull run because Bitcoin had gone down from that kind of 20,000 mark yeah. down to, I think it went as low as maybe like three, $3,000, something like that. And then in the bull run last year, 2020, went as high as I think 60,000 uh, USD, which is crazy. It's absolutely crazy. But I think, you know, we had a bit of epiphany might be a bit strong, but I think our view definitely changed last year, didn't it? Yeah, I think it did. Actually, and going back, I think you made a really interesting point around crypto assets. And, you know, even at the time, I actually think both of us were bullish on blockchain technology and this sector being like clearly the future. I don't think there was any doubt about that. I actually wrote an article on cryptocurrency and blockchain back in the day because, you know, it was something that I was interested in and I knew that it was heading in an interesting direction. But I think you're right that neither of us really thought of 
Bitcoin itself or, you know, Ethereum or any of the other cryptocurrencies as things that would last or, you know, we're doing anything that would is particularly useful to invest in. But actually, the thing that changed that was that, as you said, these currencies actually are now becoming more like assets. You know, they're, they're the equivalent of gold. And that's why investing in them actually makes at least some sense. But I actually think our underlying thesis about blockchain technologies being the big exciting thing still remains the same. And we still think that that's where you should be investing. But additionally, Bitcoin and Ethereum and all of the big ones are also kind of useful as an asset because, you know, that's what they've become these days. Yeah. Yeah. I guess we can get to the specifics of investment perhaps in a bit. But I guess it'd be really interesting to hear from, you know, your perspective as someone who in 2017 you're pretty financially switched on you know you're not like the average kind of joe out there who may actually have made a lot of money on bitcoin what was it in 2020 then that changed like why are we talking about this u-turn uh it's a good question i think there's probably a whole bunch of things right the, the first thing was that the market itself the way that the conversation around cryptocurrency was going, there was a lot more people who were having those conversations that were very, very credible. And I think that really matters because, you know, the more clever, credible people there are that are jumping onto something, the more that thing then becomes, you know, destined to succeed and also, you know, that a lot more momentum behind it. And, you know, you saw... Coinbase doing really really well. There was like Ripple. There was a whole bunch of different crypto projects that did really well. And a lot of, you know, really quite intelligent money putting their money behind it. And I think that obviously was helpful mood music to all this. And then I think just practically, I mean, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this as well, but running a tech business and, you know, spending time with software engineers and spending time thinking about product and you know, doing all of that, uh, spending time thinking about the financial plumbing. We were doing a lot of work around that when we were setting up IFG.vc. You start seeing the world a lot differently because you see, actually, there are some things that are broken here and there are things that are up for grabs here. And also, we can directly have an impact on this with crypto. What was your experience of 2020? Yeah, really interesting thoughts. So I think having reflected on it whilst you were talking, I think there's two key things from my side. One is that I think with investing overall, I have had a bit of a shift in direction. So I think that you can describe my approach to investing, you know, a few years ago as possibly a bit snobbish. So I placed a lot of value in being right and being right for me meant doing the underlying research, finding things that, you know, other people hadn't necessarily picked or spotted or whatever. And I guess I had a bit of a change in all of this because as we lived through, you know, 2017, the first kind of bubble, and of course, you know, lots of other things going on in the world. And, you know, let's not forget as well, the stock market, particularly the US stock market was really booming around this time as well. I think I had a personal realization that you can make money without being right, if that makes sense. So you don't necessarily yeah. need to be God's gift to equities. <laughs> you can literally like, if the momentum is somewhere, 
you know, you can throw a dart and you're basically going to make money. I was talking to a friend of mine a couple of weeks ago who's a broker and he was saying that, you know, in the recent kind of bull run that's been going on, you know, like the post-COVID boom in many ways, he was saying that it was is literally, you know, exactly that kind of terminology. Like we were literally just throwing darts and making money because it didn't matter what you invested in, it was going up. And I guess I had this personal kind of realization that you don't necessarily need to be right or you don't necessarily need to have, you know, reams and reams of research behind stuff. Like if the momentum and the world is going somewhere, then you kind of just need to join that ride. But I think importantly, when you're investing in a bubble, it's recognizing that this is a bubble. I'm going to need to get off at some point. And yes, I might lose some of the upside because you're never going to time a bubble exactly at the top but you can join the ride for some of the upside so i think that was the first like big personal realization i had and with respect to crypto i think i started respecting you know the people that were investing in crypto a lot more i think you know precisely for this reason and then i think the other like really really big thing is exactly what you said which is by this time 2020 we were both full-time on ifg previously we hadn't been full-time on ifg ifg is very much now a tech startup. And I don't think you could have said that, you know, previously when we were not full time on it. And just by virtue of, you know, being at the helm of that and having to think about lots of different things and very much thinking about the world in a different way, I think you start seeing two things. One is that the world can and does change very quickly, which I don't think I appreciated when I was a little bit younger. And the second is that the way crypto slots into the world is really, really interesting. And I guess that can kind of neatly take us into the next section in many ways, which is about what is it exactly in crypto that we should be looking at and getting exposed to in terms of investment? Because I think when people like somebody could conceptually say, oh yeah, cool. Like crypto sounds interesting. It sounds like the future, but like what do I actually do here? Do I invest in Bitcoin? Do I invest in one of these smaller coins? Like what exactly is going on? And I guess maybe if I just share some of my thinking, then we can kind of chew the fat on some of it. So the way that I've thought about this is kind of what you were saying earlier, which is that I'm not so much interested in you know, crypto as a means of currency. I still really don't think that that's the value here. Where I think crypto is interesting is in the underlying ledger technology. So you referred to blockchain and I think, yeah, that's super interesting. There are alternatives to blockchain as well, which are really interesting. So blockchain in of itself, like everyone's heard of blockchain by now, but not many people necessarily realize that blockchain itself can be quite inefficient and there are other players and alternatives out there. So I guess the way that I'm thinking about it is maybe a bit of money in Bitcoin is sensible if you kind of see it as essentially a store of value type thing. But I'm personally not invested in Bitcoin. Where I am invested is in the actual technology. So uh, alternatives to blockchain. There's two projects that I really like. One is uh, header a hashgraph which is a blockchain alternative, which is doing lots and lots of transactions, lots and lots of really interesting partners lined up. And the other is Polkadot, which is another really, really interesting project. But yeah, it'd be good to get your thoughts as well. Yeah, absolutely. You said a bunch of things that are really interesting here. 
I mean, I actually want to go back to one of the things you said before, which was about the bull run and investing in a bubble and, you know, just kind of going with the flow. And I think that also needs to be cautioned somewhat, right? Because for someone who kind of knows what they're doing, then I think they can have a bit of wherewithal about them, about what they're up to, and ultimately come out with a profit and without having lost their shirt. But in a bubble, there are also lots and lots of people who end up losing a ton of money because they time it wrong and there's a lot of volatility and they, they enter at the wrong time, they exit at the wrong time and all of that sort of thing. So I guess I know I'm a bit more cautious still than you about investing in momentum and investing into a bubble. I'm still, I think, much more inclined, to, inclined towards a fundamental analysis kind of perspective where you actually look at the business is it sound and all that sort of thing i guess you could like try and mix the two up and invest in fundamentally things that you would invest in for a long period of time even if it tanked um in the short run knowing that it's a good business but then also knowing that right now there's momentum here as well so it's heading in the right direction so that's like one thing i wanted to throw out there I don't know, like, do you have any comeback on that? Or No, I, I agree with you. I definitely agree that if you are investing in a bubble, there's two types of people that invest in a bubble, right? Ones that get introduced to that particular world because of the bubble. And there are others who, you know, knew about that world anyway, recognize it's a bubble and can make money quite smartly because they've, they've been there and done it before. And I think that the benefit of age is that you go through and you see many of these cycles and I was saying to someone a while back, actually, that, you know, I can't wait for the next stock market bubble because you'll hopefully kind of see it coming <laughs> and then you're able to just divert your money into the stock market, I guess, and then hopefully get off when you think it is very, very frothy. Like I said before, you might not time it at the top, but you'll still enjoy some of that ride. Out of interest, would you say it's frothy now? Would you like be on the train now? No, I, th I don't particularly think that it's cooled down a lot, hasn't it, the stock market? Like, I feel like there's definitely a lot less noise. I think a lot of the valuations have come down pretty heavily. Yeah, I don't get the sense that I had maybe six months ago. Interesting. You don't think we're in like a bubble popping territory right now? I think that we're in the territory. I mean, the UK markets didn't, I'm talking really about the US markets here. Like, I don't think the UK markets ever really went there anyway. But US specifically, I feel like everything's cooled off a bit. Um, I feel like it could really go either way from here, but it's more probably likely to go downwards and upwards at this point because, you know, there's a lot less momentum. The economic conditions are not like amazing and are probably only going to get worse, actually. So, yeah, like I personally, I'm not putting money in the stock market as like a momentum thing right now like to the extent that i was putting money in the stock market right now it would very much be just part of a consistent investing strategy rather than like a making short-term money yeah makes a lot of sense i guess coming back to the whole investing in bitcoin thing i think i've got a little bit of money still in bitcoin and maybe a little bit of ethereum well one of the side point is that investing in Bitcoin and investing in cryptocurrencies is still a bit of a nightmare, in my opinion, because you're using these apps that are just Byzantine in their layouts. And there's all sorts of stuff going on on these apps. You turn up to them and there's like these games. I go, I'm going on the Binance app right now. There's a pond trading competition going on. 
there's a fourth anniversary celebration for 14 days. There's like grid trading and you're like, what on earth is grid trading? <laughs> and there's all sorts of things going on. So because of that, I think people can get quite confused. So as part of this confusion, I was actually looking at my wallet recently and for some reason, <laughs> I've got like a bunch of uh, HBAR like you, Hedra Hashgraph, but then I also have like a bunch of Bitcoin, um, USDT, Ethereum, ADA, Binance, Solanta, VeChain, Link, Ripple. I mean, these are tiny amounts, but I still can't for the life of me work out how I end up with this stuff. <laughs> I'm interested to hear your thoughts on it. I think partly it might just be because we got like a referral code with IFG. So we end up, you know, getting a small portion of whatever someone invests in some other <laughs> Maybe. I have no idea. Yeah, maybe. I have no idea either. Maybe. I don't think I have that problem. Maybe yours is linked up or something. But it's fantastic because I randomly end up like having... So at the moment, I've got 45 pence in a something called AXS, Axie Infinity. No idea what that is. <laughs> and another one in Elrond E-Gold, which I've got £2.16 in. So if any of those do well, then, uh, you know, I'm quids in smashed it you'd have smashed it yeah i guess on that point i mean binance in particular is very very <laughs> tricky there are in fairness some really really good crypto apps but i think the reason we've both gone for binance uh, i know there's been some press around binance recently but fundamentally i think we went with binance a for the fees and b because they have uh hbar on there and a lot of other exchanges don't but yeah, I guess there are some of the really, really good ones if you're just investing in pretty vanilla stuff. Relatively vanilla anyway, when it comes to crypto. Yeah, agreed. Looking at cryptocurrency generally, I think that my investment strategy with cryptocurrency is very much like, I think this is like the internet in the 1990s. And so what you should be investing in is companies and projects and ideally a lot of like the underlying infrastructure and like the big epochal changes to the way that normal people do normal things that are going to be brought about by the internet so like for example a practical example would be amazon brought about a massive change in the way that normal people do buying and selling or ebay in terms of the sunday market was replaced and magnified to a massive level and so I think blockchain technology and cryptocurrency has the potential to, you know, really disrupt the rails of a payment, but also be any kind of sector where there's intermediation that needs to happen, any kind of sector where there's like a broker in the middle. So like, you know, stockbroking or estate agents, for example, or wholesale food or any of those kind of people where they act as the intermediary between two sides of a market so that they can buy from the right kind of people and sell to the right kind of people and they help both sides of the market out. But all of that stuff can actually be automated quite a lot. And obviously blockchain technology, which is this kind of central ledger, which automatically does the job of the estate agent or the broker, is obviously that great big technological jump that allows for this to happen. So summing all, it, all of it up, my gut instinct is that we should be investing in not just cryptocurrencies because I think cryptocurrencies fundamentally they go up and down based on just market sentiment and you know approbation of people and acceptance of people that's why the dogecoin by Elon Musk has done so well because it's just got a whole bunch of people quite excited about it and there's a bit of a meme around it 
Whereas the things that really stand the test of time and are a lot more predictable, and that's important from an investment perspective, right? You want to invest in things that are predictable. They, I think, will be the big leaps of technological progress made and enabled by novel uses of blockchain technology. And I think things like Hedra Hashgraph, Hashgraph IOTA, Filecoin, and then there's a bunch of these like infrastructure type plays, which I think are really fascinating. Even things like SushiSwap. I know SushiSwap is focused on becoming like a crypto exchange, but using a cryptocurrency you know, project as a route to do that, which I know for people who are outside of cryptocurrency, that sounds like a bit like what's what on earth is going on. But essentially, you're investing in a project that allows for cryptocurrency brokerage to happen. I think stuff like that is absolutely fascinating. And that's where the future lies. And that's where the sensible or the savvy investor money will be going as well, because that's a lot more predictable. The other stuff, the pure cryptocurrency play, the, like is it just an asset or is it just a currency? Other than Bitcoin or Ethereum, that are obviously the big daddies of this this world, everything else I think is just down to momentum and it's just really hard to predict, really. Yeah. Yeah, no, 100%. I would go even further. So, you know, you were talking about, I guess, like the use cases of crypto. In addition to what you said, for listeners who are like, don't quite grasp the potential of crypto, like everything Ibrahim said is spot on. And I would add to that, think about like anything where people need to prove something and you kind of really start seeing you know how big this is so i don't know like how do you prove that you signed this document for example like you know docusign has its own thing right now but like that whole thing could take place on blockchain or some kind of alternative how do you prove that this order was dispatched at this time how do you prove that this road project was completed at this point and these workers turned up on this day you know like this if you think about how many things need to be proved and how many solutions there are out there right now that could be even more accurate then there's a whole world that needs to be unlocked and there's there's a hell of a lot of potential so yeah i think high level what we're saying in terms of how to get exposure and how to invest in this stuff is go beyond the kind of standard bitcoin and ethereum and actually research interesting projects and use cases and invest in things that are genuinely gonna change the world really and change the way that we do things and in my view the whole space is still you know despite everything that's happened and the bull run of 2017 and 2020 i still feel like we're on ground floor here a good proxy for this is like if you just asked the average person on the street explain this stuff to me like most people wouldn't really have a clue and like your example Ibrahim if you did the same thing in like 96 or 97 and went to the average man on the street and said you know explain the internet and its potential you know very 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 few people would have been able to do that whereas if you did that now it's become so mainstream that pretty much everyone would be able to explain that to you. So I do very much feel like this is still ground floor territory. And if you're investing, like invest with honestly, like a 20 year plus mindset, because that's actually where you know game changing wealth is. It's not in your two month or six month or one year flips. It's actually in like buying really, really interesting stuff and holding it for long, long periods of time and then capitalizing on it. I want to finish off, Ibrahim, because obviously, you know, we're a Muslim-centric business and podcast. 
I want to finish off just talking about the Sharia issues around uh, crypto, because obviously, like a lot of things finance, you know, Muslims, we have to get past the commercial hurdle, which is kind of what we've been doing for the duration of this podcast. But then we have to understand, you know, is this stuff actually in line with my faith? So yeah, it'd be good if you could summarize the Sharia issues around crypto and fundamentally, is it all right for Muslims to invest in this stuff? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, one other thing actually to say around investing is that, you know, look, some of our listeners will be investors and then some of them will be much more entrepreneurial as well. And for those who are much more entrepreneurial, I think, you know, you should definitely be thinking about cryptocurrency as the industry or the medium within which you practice your entrepreneurship. Because, you know, the Muslim community could do with a decent bit of catching up with the rest of the world, right? That's why we do IFG. We want to help people catch up with the rest of the world. And, you know, every so often you get these tectonic shifts in the world, which throw up a whole bunch of people right to the top really, really quickly. Coinbase, for example, has become one of the largest companies in the world, and it didn't exist you know, about 10 years ago. So right now we are seeing what the internet was in the 1990s. And the internet of the 1990s threw up things like Google, Amazon. I think Facebook was a little bit after that in the noughties. But from what you can see is that there are going to be massive winners in this sector. And so Muslims should be not only investing their money, but also entrepreneurs should be investing their time into this stuff as well. Let's, uh, I guess, dive into the Sharia issues. So high level, the starting position is obviously everything is permissible unless it's specifically haram for a specific reason. And cryptocurrency has, broadly speaking, got two big camps of scholars. And I think the camp of scholars who are saying, no, it's not permissible, I think is diminishing by the day. I would hazard a guess that the majority actually now of scholars would say that cryptocurrency is permissible in obviously not all cryptocurrency but as a principle cryptocurrencies and blockchain technologies are permissible the people who say cryptocurrency is not permissible their concern is that this is not a currency this is not a thing that you can actually put the label of mal on top of it it's not something that is tangible it's not something that you can own it's not something that is easily tracked and when something doesn't have that attribute of mal from a fiqhi sense when something isn't something that is deemed wealth it's not something that is capable of being owned or being part of someone's wealth then you have a big problem um, because at that point you're trading in things like risk or chance or derivatives or other things like that and islam and fiqh and you know the sharia doesn't like this stuff because it causes dispute um, there's uncertainty about what's going on and also from a technical perspective it just seems like it's a bit unjust because what you're buying and selling is just like this kind of random vacuous inchoate thing now having said all of that i think the counter argument to that is that cryptocurrency like any other digital asset like for example an online course or nfts that you these days that you get or you know people used to sell you know that millionaire homepage where the, the guy had sold each pixel million pixels and each of them he sold for i think a pound and he raised a million pounds 
those are digital assets and clearly we all buy and sell digital assets like these days we buy and sell kindle books and we buy and sell netflix films and access and things like that so the counter argument is that clearly this is something that is substantial enough to be owned and as such this is something that we can buy and sell and you know from an islamic perspective we can own it and and that's fine there's a secondary question around okay fine so we can accept it as an asset but is it actually a currency and is it allowed or is it best seen as a currency and there i think the analysis is very much similar to the mainstream which is like you know is it actually being used as a currency is it li- liquid is there a lot of transaction cost is it easy to store and you know all of the kind of usual stuff that are associated with working out if something should be seen as a crypto as a currency or not and i think most people say that right now it isn't really seen as a currency how However, with Bitcoin, I think the analysis is starting to change in some places because Bitcoin is now actually accepted by many people as a currency. I am still kind of on the fence personally. I don't think it's anywhere near acceptable to be seen as a currency just yet, especially given how much energy is used to create Bitcoin and power the blockchain. So my view is very much i would just see everything as assets really as opposed to currencies you know that's a really really high level analysis of the sharia position and then of course the final thing to say i think on the sharia side is each project has its own uh, dynamics and its own rule books and so each project needs to be looked at on a case by case basis we have actually started this we've looked at the top 50 cryptocurrencies by market cap uh, if you go on islamicfinanceguru.com/crypto you'll find that list and in there we've shared some of our preliminary thoughts from an islamic perspective so to at least guide people on what stuff they can and can't invest in So yeah, that's a bit of a I guess a bit of a whistle stop tour through the shadowy side of cryptocurrencies. Wonderful. So what I'm hearing in summary is it's fine to invest in crypto including, you know, Bitcoin, Ethereum, all that stuff. Um it's fine to invest in the smaller coins, but you just need to understand what the project is actually doing. and whether that kind of thing is permissible so as an example if there were a coin that facilitates like arms trading or like is designed for that or like is designed for you know something which is like obviously haram then that would not be permissible is that fair yeah i agree with that wonderful okay well i think let's leave it there it's been a very enlightening uh, podcast indeed i hope and please visit the website for the latest content follow us on our socials on instagram twitter and all that good stuff and uh, get in touch with us for if you want a particular topic to be discussed by us then get in touch and also you know we should inshallah be a lot more uh, regular with the podcast now as in you know me and ibrahim actually getting on and and discussing stuff so i look forward to spending a bit more time with you guys and until the next time assalamu alaikum wa alaikum assalam if you got this far you must have enjoyed the podcast which means you'll definitely love our other episodes and other content we produce as well inshallah be sure to check out the website islamicfinanceguru.com as well as our youtube channel and social media until next time assalamu alaikum